Uh, we'll see how God will lead this morning. Matthew chapter number 18 and verse number 1. If you're there, say amen. amen. The Bible said, At the same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a little child unto him and set him in the midst of them and said, Verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoso shall receive one such a little child in my name receiveth me. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Woe unto the world because of offenses. For it must needs be that offenses come, but woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off and cast them from thee, it is better for thee to enter into life halt or maimed rather than having two hands or two feet to be cast into everlasting fire. And if thy hand or if thy eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hell fire. Take heed that you despise not one of these little ones, for I say unto you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. For the Son of Man is come to save that which was lost. How think ye if a man have a hundred sheep, one of them be gone astray, doth he not leave the ninety and nine and goeth into the mountains and seeketh that which is gone astray. And if so be that he find it, verily I say unto you, he rejoiceth more of that sheep than of the ninety and nine which, which went not astray. Even so it is not the will of your Father which is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. If I could, I want to go back to verse number 11 quickly. And read this. This is where our thought comes from today. The Bible said, For the Son of Man is come to save that which was lost. If I could, by the help of the Lord, I'm going to preach really it's two thoughts. And I've been preaching a series. So this one I've entitled Confirmed Christianity. Uh, but really my thought from that thought is this. You cannot get saved until you get lost. Uh, you cannot ever get saved until you get lost. Let's pray. Please pray for me and with me this morning. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we come to you one more time. And, and God, we stand in dire need of a touch from heaven. I pray, dear Lord, this morning, God, that you have your will and God, you have your way. Lord, please do for us what we cannot do, Lord, for ourselves. God, move in the service. God, move upon the preacher, Lord. I pray, God, for unction and power. I pray, God, Lord, that you'd allow us, God, to empty ourselves this morning, be filled, Lord, the Holy Ghost. Go, God. Lord, save that sinner nice hell this morning. Oh, God, may we hear not just with our ears, but, oh, God, may we hear with our hearts. And, Lord, may you do the work and the, and the drawing and the saving and the convicting. And, God, the changing as only you can. Oh, 
God for what you do in this place. Uh, Lord, at this time for these people. Lord, I'll be the first to thank you and praise you. Help us now. Holy Ghost, do that work only you can do. And for what you do, I'll thank you and praise you. We ask and pray now in the lovely name of Jesus, the name above all name. Amen and Amen. You may be seated this morning. Uh, No doubt everybody in the room uh, uh, this morning has heard uh, uh, verse number 11 that the Son of Man uh, is come to save, uh, to seek and to save uh, uh, that which was lost. Uh, May I say it's in Matthew's Gospel, uh, my friend, where the the Bible said uh, uh, that the disciples had come to Jesus uh, and they began to ask Him, uh, uh, who it is that's greatest uh, in the kingdom of God. Uh, The Lord Jesus looks out uh, among the crowd that day and finds a little old child. uh, And He said, I'm going to show y'all who it is that's number one, if you will, uh, in the kingdom of God. And He brings that child forth. uh, And He sets the child down in the midst uh, of the multitude. And He said, Verily, I say unto you, except you be converted uh, and become as little children, uh, uh, you shall not enter into uh, uh, the kingdom of heaven. He said, Whosoever therefore uh, uh, shall humble himself uh, as this little child, uh, uh, the same is the greatest uh, in the kingdom of heaven. May I say in other words, uh, uh, the Lord Jesus said, Y'all, are trying every way in the world to figure out uh, who's saved and who's lost, uh, who's the greatest and who's the least. Uh, He said, but the answer this morning uh, is not in the rule and the prestige uh, and the power of man. Uh, But if you want to know what it takes, uh, my friend, to be counted great, In the kingdom of God, you've got to become humble as a little child. May I say this morning, I still believe that we've got to reach a place where we have childlike faith. May I say this morning, it's not really the message, but it's in our text. You better be real careful about talking about whether these kids really get in or not. You better be real careful. My friend, if I identifying which ones uh, are saved or which ones are lost. Uh, The Lord Jesus said don't ever uh, offend one of these little ones. Uh, I want to say to every child in the room this morning uh, uh, my friend according to the word of God uh, and what we just read uh, uh, my friend there's angels uh, uh, that's sitting in heaven this morning. Uh, uh, My friend in their job uh, is to watch over the little children. Uh, My friend, their job uh, is to put their hand over and on the little children. I say thank God for a place uh, where we can come and there's still children in the house of God. Uh, So many churches have dried up. Uh, So many churches have not heard uh, the laughter and the playing of children. They've not heard the crying of children in a long time. Uh, But I want to thank God uh, that there's a room full of babies this morning uh, that's sitting under the power 
and the preaching of Almighty God. I want to thank God some of them's been born again. I want to thank God he's came back and he saved some lost children and redeemed their souls. Hallelujah. I thank God for the little children of the Lord. You say you want to be great men? Here's how you do it. You get like that child. Humble. In the sight of God. Boy, ain't Christians the world's worst for for poking their chest out, strutting around like they're somebody. Yeah. I'm gonna tell y'all what about half of us. Or I'm gonna go a step further. About three quarter, three quarter of us need to do is we need to look around these little old children. Like my friend, that's humble. Uh, they think they, you know, like a little old puppy dies. They just kind of uh, whipper down uh, when it comes to their master showing up. Uh, uh, my friend, how we ever reach the place uh, where we can boast or we can abase? Uh, uh, we can. And we can take some kind of credit when God does something. Hey, neighbor, I'm trying to tell you we're nothing. I think nobody in the room this morning worthy of anything but hell. I want to be like a little old child and humble myself under the mighty hand of God. You can't get saved until you get lost. He uses this child as an example. Of what it takes not only to be the greatest, if you will, in the kingdom, but to get born again into the kingdom. Notice what he said in verse number 3. He said, Verily I say unto you, except you be, look here, converted, and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. You know what he says? If you can't get like a little old child, you can't get saved. Amen. I'm going to show you that this morning in Scripture. My friend, I'm talking about we've, we've preached on. My friend, we've preached on crybaby Christianity. And we've preached on carnal Christianity. And we've preached on cold uh, Christianity. And we've preached on concerned Christianity. And my friend, all oh, that's a blessing and it's good. Hear me now. I'm, I'm telling you, God's done spoke to my heart. But today I'm preaching on confirmed Christianity. Oh, yeah. I believe there's more than one or two in the building this morning. You say, I don't know, preacher. I know that the Holy Ghost done told me that there's more than one or two really needs to get born again. My friend, you've got a proclamation but no possession. I'm trying to tell you, you better confirm that you're in the body of Christ. You better confirm you've got a day today. Where you pass from death unto life, where you got humble as a little old child, and you weeped your way into Calvary. My friend, time is running out. You better confirm that you're a Christian. And how do you do how can you confirm that you're in the faith, that you're a Christian? My friend, you ought to have a day and an hour that you can go to where you got lost. What do you mean where you got lost? Well, the problem is in 2022, everybody's holding hands, uh, uh, eating cotton candy, singing kumbaya, and everybody thinks they're well on their way to heaven. You better hear me. It ain't turning over a new leaf. Uh, it ain't picking a new life. Uh, it ain't changing old habits. Uh, it ain't being faithful. It ain't being moral. It ain't being kind. Uh, it ain't being a good Samaritan. Somebody help me. It don't come by way of humanism. It don't come through charity and donations and, and the Salvation Army and feeding the homeless. It don't come, my friend, through a suit and supper. It don't come no other way. 
yourself a criminal. You've got to see yourself guilty and stained. You've got to see yourself hopeless. I'm told. I'm telling you this morning. If all you've got is a prayer that you repeated at a vacation Bible school, you better get lost this morning. If all you've got is a one, two, three, repeat after me, you better get lost this morning. If all you've got is some kind of card that you fill out or a T-shirt or a value you made to a preacher, you better get lost this morning. If you don't have a day and an hour. So many people, they claim to be saved and they can't tell you two things about the day they got saved. Listen to me. The Bible still says to examine yourselves. Whether you be in the faith. Does everybody come up shouting and crying? But I'm going to tell you something. Listen to me. Upon the authority of God's Word, I'm going to tell you how you know if you're saved. You may not remember what you said. By the way, salvation is not in a prayer, it's in a person. You may not remember what was preached on. It ain't in the preaching, it's in a person. Are you listening? My friend, if you're really saved, you've got a day right now you can go to where the Holy Ghost broke you. Let me say something. If all you did is come up and say words, God didn't break your will. God didn't break your heart. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? He said, I didn't come for the righteous. 
What's he talking about? Those people have never got lost. Yeah. Come on, somebody. Y'all know where I'm going. You know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just seeing yourself lost. You see, I didn't come for the whole. They don't need a physician. I came for the sick. Who's he talking about the whole? Those that never got lost. Come on, somebody. You might as well help me this morning. I mean, you can't see yourself lost. Listen to me. You don't really see yourself lost. That's why you'll never get saved. My friend, until you see you're guilty, until you see you're condemned, and you're condemned and damned, and judged under the wrath and the anger of Almighty. Well, I thought God is love. He is love. He loved you enough. He sent His only Son to die in your place. He didn't send them to die for you to reject Him. My, my friend, God rejectors go to hell. But God acceptors go to heaven. You can't get saved until you get lost. You'll never get saved until you get lost. Well, I'm a pretty good person. I mean, I prayed a prayer one time. Was God there? That's a pretty simple question, I think. Was God there when you asked to be saved? Listen to me. It is a whosoever will. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believe in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. It is a whosoever will. Red, yellow, black, or white. They're all precious in His sight. But it is not a whensoever will. Some of y'all think, well, I'll get saved eventually. It ain't on your time. I need somebody to help me. Some of y'all sitting here right now, I done told you. I done been filled up. I done know what I'm talking about. God done told me. I don't care. Y'all don't deny it to the cows come home. I know what I'm talking about. There's church members. You told me you're saved. I'm telling you, you're lost. There's people saying in this room this morning under the sound of my voice. You've never been saved because you really never got lost. You just decided you want to go to heaven so Lord save me. Listen, there wasn't no draw and there wasn't no conviction. There wasn't no Holy Ghost. There wasn't no transformation. There wasn't no conversion. There was no regeneration. You're as lost as a doctor in high leaves, my friend. I wouldn't walk out of here without knowing that I know that I know that I know the Holy Ghost is living on the inside of me. You better drop your religion. You better drop your confession and get a possession. I'm telling you, hell's still hot. And heaven still sleep. I wouldn't go to hell for nothing or nobody. If I wasn't saved, I'd get lost this morning. So I could get saved. So the man has came to seek and to save. Who? That which was lost. You got a day where you become a convict? You seen it was you and your sin? That you were guilty. Let me tell you, look up in here. Let me tell you why people can't get saved. They ain't willing to see themselves as a convict. You know what a convict sees himself as, don't you? Guilty. I don't care what the juror says. I don't care what the judge says. They've been in many a convicts get charged for crimes they didn't commit. But they've been in many. But my friend, they got exactly what they deserved. They were guilty. The facts were there. It was all laid out. They were judged. They were tried and found guilty. May we not ever look down our nose 
at the convicts of this world. Uh, for my friend, we was all born in the same place. Uh, we was all born convicts. We're all guilty. My friend, the Bible said if you broke one of them laws, uh, you're guilty of them all. I'm here to tell you this morning, everybody in here sat under God's memorial. Everybody in here has made graven images. Everybody in When you start doubting, that's it. Listen, the Lord don't make you doubt. He makes you. He know. Hey, He speaks. He speaks plain and clear. He won't make. If you're sitting there wondering, going back and forth, that ain't how God speaks. He don't ask you if you're saved. He tells you you're lost. Are you with me this morning? God don't approach you and say, "Sir or ma'am, are you really saved?" If you're lost, He'll speak and say, "That's He's who you're talking to. You're lost this morning." I believe, I'm telling you, I think it'd probably make us nervous. I don't care what y'all think. I've done been talking, the Lord done been talking to me, and I've been talking to Him. 
that's been lost. And you're going to go to hell from an independent Bible believing Baptist church if you don't get saved. I don't care how many angels you've seen, or how many dreams you've dreamed, or how many visions you have. You better hear me. Salvation ain't got nothing to do with none of that. It's through and by the blood of the Lord Jesus and the cross of Calvary and the Holy Ghost convicting your soul. I mean, I've heard so many stories. Well, I know I'm saved because God came to me in a vision. That's garbage, neighbor. But my friend, the only thing that'll save you is the gospel. And when you repent your sin and trust the gospel that Jesus came and was born of a virgin. He lived a perfect and a sinless life. He died on no rugged cross. He shed his blood for you and me. He bowed his head and gave up the ghost. They put him in a borrowed tomb. But three days later he got up from the grave. That's the power of the gospel unto salvation. It ain't how many charities there's people holding on to their works trying to get ahead. It ain't being a good person. There's good people in hell. Because at the end of the day, we're all guilty of breaking every one of them. You do realize the Bible said there's none that doeth good, no, not You think you're good. You're not. I'm here to tell you, according to that Bible, every human being that's ever drew a breath on planet Earth is not good. We're born a sinner. We're born in our flesh. And not only are we born a sinner, and the Bible said in Isaiah 1.18, Come now, let us reach together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, that they shall be as whole. That word scarlet literally means twice dipped. He said your sins are scarlet. You're a twice dipped sinner. You're a sinner by nature. You're a sinner by choice. Scarlet's the hardest color in the world. That will remove the stains of scarlet. Uh, but thank God there's a crimson flow that the red blood uh, can take a scarlet dip soul and wash it out of snow. If you've never been lost, you've never been saved. You've never seen it was your sin, your crimes, and your guilt that put him on the cross. You've never been lost enough to get saved. I'm going to give you three things. Confirmed Christianity. I'm going to give you three things about this thought. <clears throat> you can't get saved until you get lost. Are you listening? You still with me? Yeah. Number one, <clears throat> I want to say, when you're lost, you will be drawn. There's a whole lot of professing Christians that's never been drawn. They didn't respond to the pull and the draw of God. Look with me in verse number 2. We're going to look at this little old child. God's going to show us how He draws us to salvation. If you've never been lost, you can't be saved. Verse number 2, the Bible said, And Jesus called a little child unto Him and set Him in the midst of them and said, Verily, I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter 
into the kingdom of heaven. Notice verse number two again. And Jesus called a little child unto him. Preacher, what's it take to be saved? My friend, until you get lost, you can't get saved. And if you don't have a day when God calls you unto himself, you've never been saved. The Bible lets us know right here in verse number two, there must be a drawing. When you're lost, you'll be drawn. If we're missing one key ingredient in the churches of today, my friend, concerning people getting saved, it's the drawing power of God. Can I say, my friend, all this, repeat after me, heresy is straight out of hell. All this easy believism where you can say a salvation prayer anywhere without the Spirit of God convicting them, it's out of hell. I'm about sick. I'm just sick. That's the easy believe is or, uh, believe is or, as I am everybody else. Uh, uh, sir, do you want to be saved? Well, yeah. Uh, read this track, okay? You believe that? Yeah. Uh, well, say the prayer that's on the back. And they get on Facebook and say they had 40 saved last week. I'm trying to tell you without a drawing and without Jesus uh, and the Holy Ghost calling your name, you cannot ever be saved. There must be a drawing. Let me ask you something. Has God ever called you out as a sinner and drew you to Himself? You better not take those chances for granted. Are you listening? God don't have to do nothing to be God. You realize if He never spoke to any of us, He'd still be God, don't you? But there must be a drawing. May I say I still believe in old time Holy Ghost drawing power and conviction where God will draw a man to repent towards God and believe the gospel by faith through grace to be saved. May I say if you don't, if God don't draw them to the altar, they can't be saved. If God don't draw them to repentance, they can't be saved. If God don't draw them to Himself, they can't be saved. I still believe it takes a drawing power of God for a soul to be saved, set free and circumcised and saved until the day of redemption. By the way, only God can show a man his need for a Savior. So many people, they don't know, they ain't begging God for a Savior when they ask to get saved. They're trying to clear their conscience. There have been a whole lot of people pray to prayer salvation simply for nothing more than fire insurance. They don't care nothing about God. They don't care nothing about the price He paid. They don't care nothing about the blood He shed. How you know? Their works define them. Are you listening? My friend, the Bible said faith without works is dead. We don't get saved by works. We get saved by faith. But if you really put your faith in the cross of Calvary and the Savior, your works will match what you say. Faith without works is dead. I got a problem with all these people that say but never love love on the Lord. Got a problem with all these people that say but they ain't faithful to church. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching in the Holy Ghost. I'm about tired of a generation thinking they're okay and they're well on their way to hell this morning. There's the only power that can save is found in a person. Can I say there's no power? To, to, uh, there's no power to save in a preacher. Come on, 
There's no power to save in prayer. <laughs> you realize it ain't the prayer that saves you, right? It's your heart turning from self to Him. It's your heart turning from your sin to Calvary. My friend, yes, you confess with your mouth, but the Bible said if a man believe in his heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. In other words, if you've really got him in here, we'll know it from this thing right here. You'll confess him. That's why the Bible said, if you deny me before men, I'll deny you before the Father. I'm about tired of a bunch of Christians thinking they're on their way to heaven, but they let everybody at work cuss their God. They let everybody at work make them think that they're part of them. There's something different about a man that's saved. There's no power to save in a place. There's no power to save in a pew. There's no power to save in a pamphlet. There's only power to save in a person. And his name is Jesus Christ. May I say if we're lacking one thing, it's a drawing power of God. Jesus used this little old child as an example. And the first thing he done is draw the child to himself. May I say that's why half the people that claim to be saved never go to church. They prayed a prayer to get out of hell, but they didn't mean it. Come on, somebody. Some of y'all's going, listen to me. I believe this. I'm standing before God. But I believe there's a, there's a handful in here today. Oh, well, it's just our family. I know who it is. That's why I'm so bothered. Because I know what God does spoke to my heart. Y'all think you want. It really don't matter. I know. I'm in the will of God saying what He told me to say. That's right, sir. Whole lot of people. You got profession. Right. But there was no power. There was no draw. You just decided one day, well, I don't want to, I don't want to go to hell. There've been a whole lot of people trying to get saved out of fear. Let me tell you something, you can't get saved because of fear, you get saved by faith. Are you with me? You don't get saved out of fear. You get saved out of faith. And there's a whole bunch that are saved, but you can't nail it down because all oh, you've got is a heart full of fear. That ain't what got you in, neighbor. It's faith. Do you really believe He came? Do you really believe He lived? Do you really believe He died, was buried, and resurrected? that God drew you and by faith you said I believe what that Bible says God it was me that put you on the cross it was my sin it was my guilt it was my sin is there a day that you placed all your faith in him if there is you ought to shout you're saved some of y'all's never been drawn you just got afraid one day hell I don't want to go there. Lord, save me. Yeah. But you didn't have no faith towards God. Are you with me? Yeah. I know God's used the fear of hell to save people. I ain't what I'm talking about. Right. He'll, he'll put, you ought to fear God. Yeah. He'll make you fear a place called hell, but that ain't how you get saved. That's what I'm trying to tell you. Amen. You don't get saved by being fearful. You get saved by faith. Amen. Well, by grace are you saved right. through faith. Through faith. That's why half our people in this generation go to church. 
say they go say they're a Christian and never go to church and never witness. May I ask something? You saved? They know something's different about you. If you're saved, they ought to. They ought to. If you're really saved, they ought to know something's different. If you can blend and mix and, and, and collide and, and mix and mud with this with the filth of this old world, and nothing ever bothers you, and God don't ever draw how to convict you and draw your heart to, how to repentance and chastise you. My friend, you've never got lost enough to get saved. Can I remind you, the Bible said in John 6, 44, and I'm hurrying. No man come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him. And I will raise him up the last day. Talk about confirmed Christianity. Within that thought, God give me that this thought. Confirm Christianity. You can't confirm you're a Christian until you get lost enough to get saved. I'm here to tell you today, until you trash your religion and get under old time Holy Ghost conviction, you'll never see yourself lost and you'll never get lost enough to get saved. If you're taking notes, the Lord give me this little quote. I want you to write it down. He give it to me. Here's what it says. This is what God gave me. Little little old quote this week. If there's no drawing power, there's no dwelling power. Yeah. Oh, I like it. That's simple, but it's right. It's yeah. If there's no drawing power, there's no dwelling power. Are you with me? If you don't have a time and a place where there was drawing power, I wouldn't bank on dwelling power. He'll draw you. Unto himself. Yes. Secondly, 
You can't get saved until you get real good and lost. Number one, when you're lost, you'll be drawn. Number two, I like this one. When you really get lost, when you're lost, you'll bow down. I got Bible for this. When you get lost, not only will you be drawn to get saved, but if you're really lost, you'll bow down. Here's what I mean. Look with me in verse 2 of Matthew 18. Jesus called a little child unto him, set him in the midst of them, and said, Verily, I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Uh, whosoever therefore shall humble himself uh, as this little child the same uh, is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. You're really lost. You'll bow down. Can I say it's here that we find number one, I want you to see uh, there in verse number two that the child is set down. Jesus called the little child unto him and set him in the midst. Now I understand it don't say sit. He set him in the midst. He could have been set in the midst and been standing. So I'm not necessarily even talking about a physical bowing. The Bible said, until you humble yourself as this little child. Yeah. You know what happens when you humble yourself before God? You'll bow down. Yeah. Right. Your spirit will bow. Listen, if you don't have a day in your life where your old man, your inner man, your sinner man bowed before Christ, by the way, there ain't a sinner ever got in his presence that didn't have to bow. Listen, when you get to see in him and his majesty and his glory and his purity and his loveliness and hey, and his peace and holiness, it'll make a sinner bow before God. And I say no doubt this child has done as he or she was told to do. Christ is using this little child to illustrate what it's like to be lost and get saved. May I say the faith and humility of a child is what we're lacking in this generation of salvation. May I say there's no humility anymore. People get saved, they're just as prideful when they pray that prayer as they was and they was drinking that Bud Light the night before. No repentance. Are you with me? I'm trying to tell you, you can't get saved until you get good lost. You've never bowed in your spirit before God. You've never went down. You didn't get saved. There's no conviction or guilt. By the way, I just want to remind you, we're all guilty. We're all lawbreakers and truth breakers and murderers. Are you with me? We're all guilty you've never felt the foot of the cross, if you've never had to bow at the feet of Jesus and beg for forgiveness, you've never been lost enough to get saved. When you get real good and lost, you'll have no problem going down. It amazes me at the pride that swelled up in the hearts of people in this day and hour that proclaim that to be a Christ follower and a Christian and a child of God and there's no humility in them at all. Got a problem with somebody that can never humble themselves. The love of God don't dwell in a man that's full of pride. Come on, somebody. I ain't saying a child of God can't get prideful. You can, but you won't live that way. God will give you a good diagnosis of cancer. 
Somebody ought to help me. God will let you lose someone near and dear to you. God will let you lose your job. God will let you lose your health. Are you with me? I mean, he'll allow them things to humble you because as a child of God, we have to go down to Gideon and we've got to stay down to stay in fellowship. You have to humble yourself to get saved. You're going to have to humble yourself to supplicate with him. You can't go through life as a Christian being boastful and proud and expect God's hand to be on you. That's right. You will not have fellowship with God if you're not willing to go down. You don't know why people can't take Bible preaching and ain't willing to go down. Come on, somebody. You want to know why a pastor can't be a pastor in this day and age? By the way, I'm not just a preacher. You church you go to until you get humble ain't nobody pastor you ain't nobody to help you remember what I preached on a couple weeks ago if you want help you got to get humble let me tell you something you can't get saved without going down you can't get in you've never been lost if you if, if you do not have a day where you broke your own will said no to self and bowed yourself down before a flash holy God you've never been lost enough to get saved you get real good and lost you'll have no problem going down and I say all throughout the Bible sinners go down in order to be saved some on their face some on their knees some on their bellies but all in their will all go down in their will You've never went down in the presence of the Lord. You've never been lost. May I say as long as you're in control of your standing and your stature, you will never have a need of a Savior. Somebody needs to write that down. As long as you remain in control of your standing and stature, you'll never see a need for a Savior. You know people don't get saved? They're not willing to bow down. That's right, they can't, they can't, you can't find the Savior when you're still standing on your own two feet. Amen. My friend, till your will is broken, you cannot be born again. Amen. Let me ask you a question, child of God. Say you're saved. Have you ever went down broken before the God of heaven as a beggar? Begging for eternal life? If you've never had one of those days, you need to get real good lost today so you can get saved. Amen. Can I give you a few verses about how you will go down? You'll humble yourself as this little child. If you've never been lost enough to get saved, you went down. First of all, I want to say Matthew 4, verses 1 through 11. Don't got time to read it all, but the devil, that's where the devil takes Jesus out to the wilderness and tempts him. And you know what the devil asked him to do? Fall down. The devil's got enough sense to know if I can get him to humble himself and bow to me, then I can take charge. I can be God. I can take the reins. My friend, he knew if he humbled himself and fell down that Christ would no longer be God. The devil knows what it takes. 
to be crowned King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Yeah. Matthew 9, verse 10, the publicans and sinners had to sit down in His presence. In Matthew 14, 19, the great multitude had to sit down before Jesus would take the five loaves and two fishes and break them and bless them. In Matthew 14, 29, Peter had to go down out of the ship before he could walk on water to Christ. In Matthew 15, 30, those with sickness and infirmities who were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and halt, and having many other issues had to be cast down at the feet of of Jesus before they could ever be healed. Amen. Matthew 17, the book right before we're reading. Verses 14 through 18, the certain man had to kneel down at the feet of Jesus in order for his son to be freed from an unclean spirit. And then I want you to look right here in Matthew 18. Look with me in verse 21. Matthew 18, verse 21. Uh, if you're there, say amen. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me? And I forgive him till seven times. Uh, Jesus said unto him, I say, uh, not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. Therefore, is the kingdom of heaven likened to a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him, which owed him ten thousand talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and children, all that he had in payment to be made. And the servant, therefore, fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and forgave his debt. The servant, before he could be forgiven and the Lord would show compassion, had to go down. Are y'all with me? Yes, sir. Talk about it. He said, until you humble yourself as this little child, until you're willing to come down, if you've never been lost enough to go down, I wouldn't bank on going up at the last resurrection. Yeah, Thirdly, and I'm done. Confirm Christianity. You've got to get good and lost before you can ever get saved. Not only will you be drawn, secondly, not only will you bow down, but thirdly, when you real when you get real good and lost, lost enough to get saved, you'll become desperate. Yes. Yes. I need a little help right there. Amen. Oh yes. <laughs> Excuse me. You'll become desperate. My friend, verse number six, Matthew eighteen. Jesus, speaking to those little ones, said it's better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck than he were drowned the death of the sea. Talk about those who uh, offend one of the little ones. Verse 7, Woe unto the world because of offenses. For it must needs be that if offenses come, woe unto that man by whom the offense cometh. Verse 8, right here's where I'm talking about being desperate. Wherefore, if thy hand or thy foot offend thee, cut them off and cast them for thee, for it is better for thee to enter into life whole or maimed rather than having two hands or two feet and be cast into everlasting fire. Verse 9, if thy eye offend thee, pluck it out. This is strong language. And cast it from thee. It is better for thee to enter into life with one eye rather than having two eyes to be cast into hellfire. Are you with me this morning? Are you with me? You get real good and lost. Number one, you'll be drawn. Number two, you'll bow down. Number three, you'll become desperate. 
It's right here that Jesus is telling them, if you want to get saved and go to heaven, it ain't going to matter the cost. If you really want to get saved, you'll do whatever it takes to pay uh, the price to give up something, uh, to throw it all out, to pluck your own eye, or to cut your own hand or foot off. Uh, until you're willing, my friend, to lose your life, you'll remain lost. The Bible said in Matthew 7, 14, Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Matthew 10, 39, He that findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. Matthew 16, 25, For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. In Matthew chapter number 19, next chapter over, verses 16 through 30, you'll find the rich, that rich man. He said, What I got to do to be Say, Jesus said, Go and sell all that you have. And it sorrowed that man. Why? He was not willing to give up and get desperate and lose his life to find Jesus. Don't know why a lot of people never get saved. They never get lost enough to get, become desperate. Let me tell you something. If you could see hell and hear it and smell it this morning. And God told you you was lost, you would literally sit down with a butter knife and cut your own hands and feet off to avoid going there. You better know you would. I know that sounds extreme and dramatic, but it ain't. If God would let us get a visual this morning, by the way, that word of God ought to be enough. It's God. Amen. But if He let us get a good visual and smell the burning, uh, the, the charred walls of the damned uh, and see and hear the wells and the gnashing of teeth where the worm dies not, the fire's not quenched, if we could get a two-second glimpse of hell, everybody in here would do whatever it took. We would become desperate enough to miss out on that place called hell. Jesus said, I'm going to tell you something. If your eyes the problem, come on right here, somebody. You don't know three things that keep people from going to heaven and send them to hell? They just list them. Your hands, that's the things you like to touch. Your feet, that's the places you like to go. And your eye, that's the things you enjoy looking at. It's probably life. Yes, sir. The lust of the flesh. You with me? The lust of the eye and the pride of life. That's what he listened for. And I'm going to tell you what. If you ever get real good and lost, you'll get so desperate. There won't be no problem for you to, now spiritually speaking, pluck him eyes. You'd be better off. That's exactly right. You'd be better off entering into life with one eye, blind out of one, can't see out of the other. As I say, then you would have two good eyes looking at all that filth of this world, the pleasures of this world, go to hell. You'd be better off entering life maimed where you could not walk or crippled or where you could not touch or hold. You'd be better off to cut your limbs off, your hands and your feet as you would. Go to hell doing what your hands want to do and walking where your feet want to walk and looking where your eyes want to look. There's got to be a place where you get desperate. If you've never been desperate and said, God, I give it all, then you've never been lost enough to get saved. If you really saved, you've reached a place you was drawn. You bowed down and you got desperate. If you've never got desperate with God and begged and 
been willing to say, I'm done with me and my sin, the lust of this old flesh, you are not saved. Amen. Brother Chris, make your way to the piano. I'm going to ask you something today. I done told you what God told me. If nobody gets saved, I'm going to walk out of here whistling and thanking God for the opportunity to do what He told me to do. But it sure would be good to see some of y'all quit playing games. You've been talking yourself into being saved the whole service. Since we started, God done start speaking to you. You've been arguing with Him ever since we started. How you know? Somebody don't help me right here. Ain't nothing or nobody in this world worth going to hell. And you ain't never getting saved until you get willing to get lost. Problem is, you don't see yourself that common. You're not willing to bow down. You're not willing to get desperate. God's trying to draw you. That's one of the three key ingredients. But then after that, you've got to bow down. You've got to become desperate before you can ever become delivered. Before you can ever get saved, you've got to see yourself a lost sinner. Let me ask you this morning. Heads around, eyes are closed. Who is it this morning? God profession but no possession. Everybody in this room thinks you're saved, but you're not. I've got a good idea about two or three of us. Did he really say that? Oh yes, I said it. Because ain't this ain't no game, friend. You're playing with heaven or hell. Some of you teenagers playing games. Some of you adults playing games. You ain't a bit saved. You ain't got a relationship with God. You've got an empty prayer that you pray. There's no power. I wonder who it is. Nobody's looking around. I won't come to you. I won't embarrass you. We won't bother you. But who is it this morning? Just be willing to say, Preacher, you're talking to me. It's me this morning. I, I never, I really. Slip your hand up, right back down. I won't bother you. I won't come to you. Come on, somebody. Be honest before God. Who is it this morning? God's came by your way. He's given you a chance. Told you the truth. You're gonna ride. You're gonna ride a profession into hell. church. That's who God spoke to me about. 
Who is it? You gonna fool around and play games too long? Gonna die and go to hell. Would it be anybody else? Be honest. Come on, somebody. Just be honest. I've been trying to talk myself saved ever since we started, preacher. I don't have it. Well, I've preached to you. Done all I can do. Here's what I want to ask. If you're lost, you've raised your hand. If God's drawing you and dealing with you, 